0: it's heartening to see that today we place greater emphasis on sensitive but crucial topics such as mental health as a result we see more acceptance for conversations that raise awareness and encourage people to take steps to improve their mental health do you know that there's a strong correlation between financial issues and mental health it's true terrible financial circumstances many a times, lead to tension and anxiety, which has the potential to stifle cash flow. Current events such as the pandemic have also contributed to an increase in financial stress and as a result, mental and emotional stress. We seriously need to learn how to cope with it. Hence, in collaboration with MindPeers, we'll be discussing how to strike a balance between mental health and financial health in our podcast, Financially Speaking, Conversations Powered by India First Life. I'm very happy to say today we have two experts who will help us in understanding the core relationship between financial stress and mental stress. Uh, Happy to introduce Kanika Agarwal, who's the founder of MindPeers and one of the youngest parallel entrepreneurs of her generation. Her passion in digital is limitless and which has led her to build an ecosystem of organizations that reflect the present and future of hashtag digital transformation and a better world. Her mantra in life is live with no regret and do everything that you think makes your life purposeful. We also have Jasmeet Kaur. Jasmeet is a mental health counselor and a certified workshop facilitator. She believes in her motto, listen to help. She has an experience of over five years working with issues such as anxiety, stress, behavioral concerns, depression, phobias, and therefore works towards self-development and self-reliance. So with this introduction, let's get into the discussion. My first question to both of you is what types of financial stress can cause mental stress in our daily lives and how are they linked to each other so jasmeet why don't you go first and then we go to kanika
1: absolutely thank you so much athri so i'll just basically you know start with the uh, various types of financial stress that you know generally happen to one <coughs> to one's life and uh, there are various types you know like uh, for example like lost or reduced income which uh, you know uh, can happen with a sudden drop in income like maybe you know we've unexpectedly been laid off by the job or you know just uh, our company going out of business or something of that sort you know then we have some unexpected expenses also that might crop up like you know uh, very very high medical bills which we've recently anyway seen in the second wave of COVID that people were not prepared for you know when people were running for like oxygen cylinders and you know with they had to like prepare themselves for all of these things and they were like um, huge huge expenses that they actually went through so to be honest I think there are various various sources of one uh, who can uh, you know go through a financial crisis very unexpected very unplanned as well I think but uh, coming down to how these two things are related I think any kind of stress can cause uh, you know an effect to our mental health you know smallest of the things you know honestly can uh, literally you know uh, just change our way of working and can affect our daily functioning as well. So like any other source of stress, even financial distress can also take a toll on our physical health, our mental health, our relationships, our quality of life. And it can increasingly also, uh, you know, increase the risk of depression and anxiety in one person so people can also maybe resort to like very unhealthy coping mechanisms during these time when they're trying to like cope up with the stress like uh, maybe drowning themselves into alcohol or maybe gambling or drugs mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes I think I would give a little trigger warning here that people might also have some societal ideations and societal thoughts as well. You know, that's how these things are kind of like, you know, very much related that any kind of stress can literally change our daily functioning, our physiological responses. And it's like a vicious cycle, you know, as soon as like a financial stress comes in, your mental health starts getting deteriorated and we can't focus on our daily functioning, which again adds up to the financial stress. It's kind of like, you know, we're going back in circles. That's exactly how it works. So, yeah.
2: Firstly, I want to say that financial stress, right, is a very underrated topic in our society. And yet the most, most deep-rooted. From where, the the way we guys are, uh, you know, brought up, the way uh, we are told from childhood that how important money is, right? As soon as we hear finance, uh, we, we need to understand that it's all about money. And the point I want to bring across from my end is that Uh, Because from childhood, we have said that money is important. We are also told that, you know, um, we are not asked that, okay, what do you uh, want to do which will give you happiness? We are told that do something so that you can earn well, so that you can become a big person. So that big person is always related to finance, right? Now, what's happening since our childhood and as we are growing is we feel that money becomes the most important part of it and money becomes the anchor or the lever to be happiest happiness will equal to money so whatever we are doing whatever we aspire to do we start to equate our purpose we start to equate our passion we start to equate our ambition with money right and now when we talk about financial stress if we actually think about it every day at the back of our mind we are thinking about money it's just about you know saying that whether will i get a good job or not now that i have got a good job uh, how much am i earning is this money enough to give me and you know buy the things that i want in life once i get married or if i'm you know planning to uh, start a family do i have enough for me and for my family and for my kids so i think finance management financial stress surrounds us every day right and then as the means pointed out it starts to become critical because of certain external environmental factors also but that stress is always there at the back of our mind. And what now happens is that if, which I think the majority of us do, if we anchor everything around our money and our, around our finances, we start to think, we start to feel, and we start to behave like that, right? There are repetitive thought loops in our mind that am I, again, I'm repeating the same thing, but it's so important. Every day we are saying that we have to go to office because I have to earn. Otherwise, how will I get my salary, right? So now these repetitive thoughts overthinking and all of these things start to affect your mental health as well so th- that's why i said in the starting that financial stress everything about your finance is so deep rooted in us and yet it is so underrated when we talk about finance and mental health but there is a there is a very deep connection
0: i completely agree kanika thank you i agree that it is a subject which is underrated uh, if not unexplored but uh, certainly underrated do you think that there is an uh, increasing number of instances uh, where the stress and its correlation is increasing in the present world than it was earlier? And if if so, why?
2: So, well, I think in two lines for me, Atri, definitely it is increasing, right? Um, we think that lives are becoming easier. They are not, right? We talk about the paradox of technology. We talk about the paradox of this modern world competition is increasing so much expectations of people from themselves are increasing so much and i'll give you a very small example like today i am hiring a 20 year old who's already ready to get into a full-time job and the, the thought process that 20 year old is coming to me with is that you know, while I'm studying, I want to make sure that I become self-sufficient. So there are so many expectations that we are placing on ourselves. And we are being constantly telling ourselves and the society is also telling us that if the A, B, C, D, E of your professional life is not fulfilled, you will be left behind. And when we say left behind, we are also talking about financially, you will be left behind because you're seeing early young people becoming founders so quickly. You are seeing that while by the time you reach 35, your own personal valuation should become into millions and billions. So I would just say that definitely that pressure is increasing, both by ourselves and the environmental factors. And, you know, the kind of expectations and the kind of, you know, the
1: social constructs are completely changing. You know, that's exactly what's happening here now. That, uh, you know, firstly, we did not really, everybody had their own very simple expectations, you know, get a job. You start earning, you start providing for your family and that's exactly what it was, you know. But nowadays, you know, we have literally everybody in the competition, you know, it's like they have to have to like, you know, reach a certain kind of point, they have to have to reach a certain kind of, you know, earning in their life to literally, you know, like Kanika said, you to make their life worthwhile, you know, that's how these things have kind of like gotten uh, to a certain, certain importance and they've reached a pedestal at some point, I think, you know, uh, that's our aim somewhere. But uh, I think one more thing that really, really, um, you know, affects all of these things, like the environmental factors that we were talking about. I think the biggest environmental factor is social media. I mean, looking at other people, you know, what they are going through, uh, what they are earning, what they are spending on, you know, where they are going for a vacation, which we can recently see that everybody like went to Maldives. Social media is such that it has an effect on every age group. You know, it's not like limited to only just the youngsters, uh, it's also, you know, now spreading uh, towards older age groups as well, you know, the kind of impact that it has. And it also done various, you know, various studies have been done on this. And they've said that, you know, the first emotion that people feel when they check Facebook or Instagram is envy. You know, they want to become that. They want to have that what other people are having. And I think uh, the most, yes, I completely agree that, you know, it's it's like every age group is kind of like, you know, getting affected. But I think the people who are getting most affected definitely are the millennials. You know, they actually, the youngsters, basically, now they're coming up. And um, to be honest, I think the last generation, we didn't really have, you know, technology was basically just starting at that particular time. So we were kind of like very new to it. And um, I think but now even like the smallest of kids is like very equipped with technology. They know where to swipe. They know where to go on YouTube. They know where to go on Instagram and they're like completely equipped. So when they're seeing other people also following, you know, the latest trends, you um, latest tiktok trends or latest you know um fashion trends or something of that sort they also have the urge of wanting those things as well you know and then that's the kind of you know very indirect pressure on the parents as well that no you have to get us this oh i want this i want that you know that's exactly where these things kind of like you know start and i think uh majorly i think it is all about fitting in you know, fitting in and the fear of also missing out that's kind of like you know, um, um causing them to reach to that point or reach that urge. So this is not only burning a hole in your pocket, but it's also taking a toll on their mental health as well. You know, the kind of pressure that they create on themselves to, you know, get something. And you know, they're also creating that kind of anxiety in themselves, a feeling of fear, a feeling of jealousy, a feeling of envy. And I'm not saying that they are—they are, these emotions are kind of like bad, but what they do after that is exactly what matters, you know, and that's how these things kind of like, you know, just um, our technology and like social media have kind of like, you know, again, not only burning a hole in the pocket, but also creating that pressure in you that, okay, we want these things. And how can we want it? So, yeah, yeah, that's what I
0: think. Yes, uh, I think, uh, Jasmeet. Uh, thanks for sharing that. So, how does one cope up with such uh, circumstances? Uh, what 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 is it that you would recommend?
1: So, to be honest, I think you know the first response that we generally have to stress is to bottle it up. You know, we we keep it inside of us and we just want to take care of take care of it on our own. You know, that's exactly what we do, and uh, we don't really share anything. We don't really talk to anyone. And uh, to be honest, when you're talking about like money issues, um money issues are something you know just like you know um, Kanika said that it's very underrated money is kind of like a taboo taboo subject and uh, you know you can't talk to anyone else other than your family you know that's how these things kind of like work and uh, it's it gets very difficult for a person to actually uh, you know go ahead and talk about these things to their family as well sometimes you know they hide their hide it from their families as well because probably they might be feeling embarrassed uh, with what they've spent or what what they're earning, they might be feeling ashamed for all the past mistakes that they might have made in the financial sector. So that's the kind of thing that contributes to emotional distress as well. You know, even things that you're keeping to yourself, it's kind of like you know, blowing air into a balloon. You're blowing the air. You're blowing the air. The balloon is getting bigger. And even with the slightest of a small pain, you know, it just get it just bursts. And the emotional distress is so much at that particular time that one is not able to handle it. You know, and um, So I think the first thing that I would really like to suggest here is to talk to someone, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a person who will fix your financial problems, or who will help you in the financial or give you financial aid. But it will be a person who you're more comfortable with. You know, somebody who you can share your feelings with. Somebody who will give you that kind of support and that understanding. And if you feel that there is no one in your family that you can rely upon, there is always professional help to go to. You know, that is very, very important here to understand because given the crisis situation that everybody is going through right now, a lot of people are going through a lot without their own faults. So there will be some people who will understand you as well. So that is one thing that I would really like to, uh, you know, emphasize on to that talking to someone or taking professional help is something um, that will really help us unburden instead of like going over it in your head. It just helps. It's kind of like a release, you know, for some release for your emotional distress that's happening. Um, Another thing that I would also want to point out here is um, that maintaining our mental health is very, very important here, because like I said, you know, it's like a vicious cycle, we get a little stressed, it starts affecting our mental health, it starts affecting our daily functioning, we're not able to like give that output, and we keep on going in circles. So I think the most important thing that we can do here is to maintain that calm, maintain that equilibrium so that we can think rationally for all the problems also that we're facing in our lives. You know, because when we're in an emotional distress, our our thinking kind of like gets foggy. We're not able to think rationally at all at that particular time. So I think, you know, just indulging yourselves into certain activities like physical activities of, you know, just walking, running, jogging. You know, maybe even um, dancing for that matter, just putting on a nice music and, you know, dancing at your home. It doesn't require any kind of financial expenses. It doesn't. And anybody and everybody can do that. So even just taking out 30 minutes for your physical health can really help in, you know, improving your mental health as well. Because that's like a natural booster for your uh, physiological responses that go in your body. And another thing uh, that I would also really like to suggest here is that, Um, you know, reframing our past. One thing, you know, learning from our past mistakes that can really help us in maintaining that, uh, you know, that calm, um, that rationality in our head. Um, You know, whatever mistakes that we've made, instead of beating yourself up for it, why don't we reframe it and learn and take the right lessons from it, you know, and that can also help us to see that thing in a very different light and be a little, little towards, you know, um, inclining towards the positive end of the spectrum. You know, I'm not saying that we completely have to just become positive, that life is great, you know, we don't have any problems, you know, everything will be great and we don't really have to go there. That's not really our aim. But at least we can come to a more neutral ground and not stay in the negative completely. So that's something that I would really see that these are some things that I would really like to, you know, like everybody to incorporate in their lives. And uh, yeah, so I think over to you, Kaneka.
2: Thanks, Jismeet. So I think um, you covered most of the points, but I just want to talk more from a preemptive side, Atri and Right, Preemptive side, what I mean is that um, a lot of us, a majority of us might not be going through something severe when it comes to financial stress, right? Not a very severe clinical um, illness, so to say. So most of us are always feeling a bit of distress on an everyday level or stressful on an everyday level when it comes to managing of our money. And I can talk from my personal experience that it always comes when you let the thoughts and all the negative thinking that you're doing related to your money, when it's all over here only, right? You start to cook up stories that what will happen if I don't earn this much? What will happen if my business does not today make this much money? And I think one very uh, underrated solution again to this is jotting down what's here. We tend to fill up our brain like a pressure cooker with all these negative thoughts about our finances without knowing that what is in our control and what is not in our control. And I think uh, just you will agree, right? We have
0: this little
2: exercise uh, in cognitive behavioral therapy that a lot of uh, counselors ask to do, right? Which is called uh, making your worry jar. And what do you do in your worry jar? You draw a jar and you write down all the things that are worrying you. That's the first thing that you do. And why can't you do the same thing, you know, when it comes to your financial stress? Jot down everything that's worrying you. And the second step that you do is literally circle the stuff which you factually think is in your control, right? And which is out of your control. And what, what a lot of us will realize is that if there are 100 things related to my money that is affecting me, there are just <coughs> about five, six which are under my control. Rest, all of those other things are not in my control. And it already feels so light when you go through that. I'll give you an example. So many of us in the last two years thought that, uh, you know, uh, we thought about job security. We thought about whether the business is gonna grow or not. We thought about whether we will get promotions or not and things like that. And the reason for that was pandemic. We kept thinking what's gonna come in the future, the pandemic happened, et cetera. But was pandemic in our control? No. Did pandemic affect everyone? The answer is yes. You were not a specially picked one whom the pandemic affected. And uh, the the effect of pandemic is not in your control. But what's in your control is giving your best, still working the way you did, right, and having a routine around it to ensure that probably your job can be secured. So I'm talking more from a preemptive stage where a lot of times we need to start segregating, bring everything that is there in the mind on a paper, maintain a proper log and understand what are the things in my financial stress which are actually under my control and what are the other things which are not under my control. Yeah, so I think that's what I would uh, say over
1: here. Absolutely. I think, you know, Kalika, just simply asking yourself this little question that, okay, what can I do about it? This is my problem right in front of me. What can I do about it? You know, what is in my control? Let me see. You know, and just just asking yourself this little question can change your perspective, Completely, you know, and it can work. It can start working from a problem focused approach to a more solution focused approach. You know, that's just this one little question can do that. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Kanika. Thank you, Jasmeet. So what would you advise the audience on how to prepare themselves for financial difficulties Hmm. even before it kind of impacts them mentally? What would be your recommendation?
2: Right. No, great question. Right, And I like I said, this should be told, like discussed more often. I think um, I'm coming probably with three pointers over here, just three quick pointers, right? And this, again, depends from person to person. Okay, the first one is understanding whether you are a risk taker or not and the degree of risk taking you are okay with. Why am I saying this is, The appetite of risk for a lot of people varies, Okay. And like you were also saying, we tend to copy nowadays, right? We want to do what my friend is doing on social media. So if my friend became an investor or if my friend became a founder, I I also want to become a founder, right? Without knowing what are the risks involved in it. So the first thing I would say is understand your appetite of risk and manage your money according to that if you know that risk taking does not affect you it's something that rather encourages you gives you a positive push in life you manage your money according to that okay but if you know that risk taking and the fears and uh, you know the the degree of things that you might lose from it affects you mentally then don't do that right and in this one more thing i would also want to say uh, the way we plan our finances, it's, it's actually yes. related to risk-taking as well, right? So uh, don't, when people say that, okay, if you're going out to do something, give your fullest to it, that should be your single-minded focus, I would say no. When I became a first-time founder and I left a very, very high-paying job, I wanted to make sure that I have two plans, plan A and plan B, because my risk appetite is very low. So I knew that if I failed at plan A, I can fall back on plan B. So you do what works for you. That's the first thing I would want to say. Second thing, um, I'm quoting uh, this book and I, I, would, I encourage everyone to read it if you haven't read it. It's called Psychology of Money by Morgan Hauser. Um, very impactful book. It talks about how money is related to wealth, to greediness and to happiness. Okay? And the one thing that I learned from that was don't confuse being rich and wealthy okay richness a lot of us run for richness run for wealth and the difference between that is today i can be rich according to the money i have but wealth is actually the money you are accumulating by saving from a lot of years so when it actually comes to financial management it is not about how much you earn it is about how you behave with the money that you have already earned, which is learning the art and science of saving also, of planting also. Because not only does that give you a stability, you know, a factual stability, it also mentally tells you that you're wealthy. So I, you know, this is the mantra that I'm living by. Don't try to be rich, try to be wealthy. And you will you will see that how your relationship with money spending changes, right? Um, and the last bit that I want to say, we all relate money to happiness. But think for yourselves, even if you had all the money that you wanted, which, to which there is no end, right? Because you attain one goal and then you want to go on to the next goal. It will never end. But the real thing is money gives us freedom. It does not give us happiness. It gives us freedom to do whatever we want to do. So changing your relationship with money The way you understand the role of money in your life is going to change the way you behave, change the way you plan, change the way you save. So I feel these are some of the things that, you know, we need to um, understand, we need to plan so that we can better manage our lives around finances.
0: Thank you, Kanika. Jasmeet, over to you.
2: Thank
1: you so much, Atri. So I think, you know, Kanika covered most of it. In fact, you know, coming from a very financial point of view, and I think these were super, super great advices to keep. And uh, I think uh, that's exactly what we do. You know, we kind of relate money to our happiness. We relate money to our self-worth. You know, that's exactly what we start doing over a period of time. Because to be honest, again, you know, there are certain, uh, you know, environmental factors also contributing to that or conditioning us to believe that in fact, for that matter. But that's exactly rightly Said by Kanaka that money gives us the freedom, you know, the freedom to do things, the freedom to explore things. That's the kind of you know freedom that money gives us. But it does not guarantee happiness, it does not guarantee internal happiness. Even if you're like sitting in a bungalow, you're sitting, you're having like, you know, two, three cars, four, three, four, five cars and all of those things, and you're still not happy inside, you know then what's the point of all that wealth or what's the point of all that richness and the money that you've gotten, you know, and even to be honest, there are people who, who we see that, you know, they're, you know, living uh, in the slums and, you know, they're, and they're super, super happy with life. They're completely content. They're like, yes, we are. We know what our condition is and we are working towards it, but we are very happy and content with it as well. You know, they're all good. So, Happiness kind of like comes from a very internal uh, connection that you have with yourself. So to, you know, uh, like I said, it's a vicious cycle. I think I would want to again emphasize this point a little bit here that, you know, if we don't maintain our mental health as well, it's it gets very difficult for us to maintain that financial stability as well over a period of time you know so a very important thing here that I would really like to say is that try and do things that you really like you know that you really love enjoy you know you love and you enjoy to the fullest like for example just going out with your friends if that is something that you enjoy Go out with your friends. It doesn't necessarily have to be to to the most heft places or it can literally just be an out into a park, you know, just for a walk or something of that sort, you know, keep that support system in place for that matter. Keep your connections in place. Uh, Have that, have that genuine care, uh, you know, towards people. Another thing uh, that I would really like to point out here is that again, you know, that develop that connection with yourself, sit with yourself. Think about what what is going on in your mind, you know, and uh, doing something that you love, like anything, like be it painting, be it dancing, be it literally anything that you just enjoy and that that gives you like little happiness, even for that matter, watching movies, watching, um, you know, TV series, if that is something that gives you genuine happiness, do it, but spend some time with yourself, you know. Think about what is going on with you, have that connection with yourself and maybe do some things alone for that matter. You know, just go and sit in the park for another, you know, let's let's say 20 minutes or so. Take a cup of coffee, go into your balcony and just look around. You know, just look around the nature, look around, you know, how, how, how you're feeling, what's going on with you. That's a that's like a mental health check that we can keep for us every day you know how we are feeling every day what we're doing uh, so i think that's that's something that is really really important it's kind of like again um, a very uh, uh, connected relationship that these two things have with each other so i think you know doing everyday things for yourself is very very important to again maintain that equilibrium so that we can also go ahead and you know do the rational financial planning that we also have in mind and again uh, very simply, asking yourself this one little question: if you have some worries or problems, which is, what can I do about it? That can literally shift your focus from this one little thing to a from a problem focused approach to a more solution focused. So I think I would really like to again, you know, just emphasize spending time with yourself, take out time with your family, sit with people who genuinely care about you and they love you, and uh, that's the key to mental health. You know, the great mental health that we all talk about.
0: Thank you, Jasmeet. Um... Very interesting discussion, and I go back to the point which Kanika mentioned about rich and being wealthy, and uh, you know uh, the importance of financial planning, which Jasmeet you also mentioned. I just wanted to understand that is financial planning a very important aspect, and will that lead to the the financial stress going away? And if people are good at financial planning, will that lead to mental stress going away? So Kanika, uh, if you want to throw some light on this.
2: A lot of us end up doing a very long financial planning. And when I say very long financial planning, we end up doing a financial planning for 30 years, 40 years, 45 years. And when every day or every month, every year, things don't go that way, then it gives us a mental stress of another kind. That I had planned and things are not going the way I had planned, right? So what is the way out? So you ask that whether financial planning is going to help or not. Now, simply put, yes, it will help. But you've got to be realistic. And how are you going to be realistic? You can't plan your next 40 years. Why? Because today was the pandemic. Tomorrow, there will be something else. And remember, these external factors, like I said before, you can't control right? So you need to understand that a long term financial planning will never help. Because there are so many external factors that are going to mess it up. Second thing, you do financial planning, but you do it for about like, I personally do it for about six, seven years, because I find that that's realistic. I know that how I can shape up or turn my life in the next five to six years. I I know that. But on top of that, there is something called room for errors. Those room for errors are the spaces that you are leaving behind if something does not go in the right way because of you or because of the external factors. There should always be room for errors. Simply put you in simple language. Today, if I know that I'm going to go and buy something for 1,000 rupees, there is a high chance that that thing that I want could be for 1,050 rupees. Right? So it's better I carry with me 1,100 rupees. Instead of saying, it's 1,000 yeah, I wanted to buy, so let me just carry 1,000. You're going to keep a buffer of 50 rupees so that you know what you wanted. You can still go and get that. So that room for error so that your optimism, your realism, everything can be covered in that is very important in financial planning. So if you keep some of these things into consideration, you're not going to give, your, give yourself the stress that I am not going according to my financial plan right? And the the fact that you ask that if you financially plan, does it take away your mental stress or not? To be very honest, that's a subjective question. It depends from person to person. Someone can feel worried, stressed or even anxious if they have not planned. Why? Because they are the kind of person who do not like unpredictability in life. So they like to plan. But what also happens is that if you don't go according to plan, it gives them more stress. So I always say and I always believe that it's a, your money, your relationship with money and financial planning is a very personal journey. So you plan, but keep into consideration that there will be changes, there will be external factors, there will be room for error. And don't get stressed if you don't go according to your plan. Rather have plan B, plan C, plan B with it. And second of all, if you're not planning, I would say bring some sense of plan because when all of this goes on a paper, it feels much more lighter. So overall, I would say a realistic, optimistic room of error uh, planning always helps.
0: Thank you, Jasmeet. Your views on this?
1: I think I would just uh, like to, you know, emphasize a little bit what I, in fact, conclude what uh, Kanika was saying that you know everything in balance is great you know, everything works in balance, we can't go to like complete extremes that we're not planning at all. And we're completely, you know, towards planning, we can't really live in these two extremes at all. And that's exactly what we really need to like, you know, analyze and that balance can be very subjective for people. It can be literally, you know, um, for some people, probably the balance is here. And for some, the balance is here, you know, and that's exactly the kind of, you know, subjective, um, you know, subjectivity is there to, balance as well so I think you know just to strike their own balance and to strike that chord and strike that thing um, that will only happen again once you actually sit down with yourself and you know think about what is going on in your head as well like Kanaka said jotting down and journaling uh, what is going on in your head and writing at the end of the day of what's worrying you or what's going on or something of that sort can help you become a bit more self-aware as well you know and once we become more self-aware we are able to strike that balance very quickly you know once we know ourselves and uh, that's very very important in any planning to be honest be it financial be it uh, you know life plannings that we are doing anything one if we don't know ourselves we won't be able to plan anything like and you know that's exactly what we talked about in fact Kanika talked about that analyze yourself if you're a risk taker or you're not a risk taker you know how much capacity do you have of taking a risk and how much you don't right that's exactly Uh, you know comes under the aspect of self-awareness you know and I think you know uh, that's exactly what I would like to (laughs) emphasize here a little bit is that the balance you know just strike that balance strike that balance that works for you if you feel that uh, you know you're planning less and uh, you know it is causing you stress then probably you know again ask yourself little question what can I do about it and come back to it you know if you feel that the over planning that we are doing like you know, Kanika said for a long-term thing that, oh, I've planned my 40 years, this is how everything will go and this is what it is. And I think, you know, just... Uh, I would like to quote ZNMD, Zindagi na milegi dobara as well, you're saying that we don't know if you're going to live till 40. We don't know, you know, what will happen the next second. In fact, for that matter, life is very unpredictable, but that does not mean that we cannot be prepared about it. We can be prepared for all the, uh, this this room of error that we're talking about, you know, and uh, we can be prepared for it, but we don't really want to be over prepared for it, that it kind of like, you know, starts affecting our mental health and it starts affecting and giving giving us stress, which affects our daily functioning for that matter. So yeah, I that's that's my views on these things.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Kanika. Thank you, Jasmeet. I think very interesting discussion where we've looked at financial stress, the linkage with mental stress, what we should do uh, in order that we don't uh, get into financial stress. How do we cope up with Um, the circumstances that lead to financial stress and hence uh, it leads to mental stress i think the understanding which each one of us need to have about being self-aware the balance that is required the importance uh, of balanced financial planning uh, and the uh, in optimism that one should have while doing financial planning. I think these are all very, very important and uh, interesting points, and I'm sure the audience is going to love that and will try to uh, inculcate that in their own lives. Uh, I want to take this opportunity to thank uh, Kanika and Jasmeet for joining in. Uh, it was an uh, enlightening discussion, and um, I think uh, uh, I've taken a lot from this discussion. Thank you very much for your time.
2: Appreciate it, Atri. Thanks this week. It was a great conversation. Thank you
1: so much. Thank you so much, Atri. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, Kanika.
0: And to the audience, this is now uh, uh, back to you. You now know why financial stress has negative repercussions on your mental health and vice versa. And also the way forward and how you want to cope up with such uh, situations in life.